Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another dope show for you today. It's Wednesday, so you know we have a great interview lined up for you today. Today, we have none other than April Ash, who is the executive director of the Legislative Black Caucus here in Pennsylvania. I cannot wait to get into the details with her, but first... If you haven't had the chance to listen to part one of this week's podcast with Dr. Kamika Campbell discussing our top five news stories of the week, then I implore you to take a listen. With us, we have Ms. April Ash, who is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Legislative Black Caucus and served on its foundation board as a volunteer. Just a little background about Ms. Ash. Prior to joining the PLBC in December 2021, April was a research analyst for the PA House of Representatives Finance and Professional Licensure Committees. She was responsible for analyzing and producing a bill analysis to members for voting committee meetings. She also wrote legislation, specifically House Bill 85 in 2015, expanding the Commonwealth's procurement practices to which Governor Wolf signed an executive order 2015-11, implementing many of these practices, expanding the definition of small business and establishing the Advisory Council on Diversity, Inclusion, and Small Business Opportunities. I, for one, am honored uh, to have April with us today. April, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. How are you? Oh, oh I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I don't want to uh, waste any time here, so I'm going to jump right into things. So um, for, first and foremost, where are you from? I am from Harrisburg. Hey! Native all day long. <laughs> yes. All right. So, so can you tell us what is it about Harrisburg that makes it so wonderful? And how was it growing up here? You know what? I have to um, attribute my success to my upbringing in Harrisburg. Mm. Harrisburg is rich in culture. Yeah. It's also rich in its history. And my family, they were educators Mm. and they were very heavily in the Harrisburg School District. Um, So because of that, you know, Harrisburg, it just it was naturally just a home. You know, I felt comfortable. Another point is. Harrisburg is a hub. Mm. So, like, when you think about, you know, you we're, we're an hour and, like, 20-some minutes away from Baltimore, yeah. two hours away from Her- um, from D.C., yeah. you got three hours, Jersey or even Virginia, and then four hours and six hours, whether it's New York or Ohio. Right. So, everybody has to come through Harrisburg. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. But it's a, it's a safe space to really raise your family, mm. you know, because even though I love to travel and go different spaces, when I come home, mm. ain't nothing like home. Man. Yeah, yeah. So did you go to um, the local high school? What high school did you go to? I did go to Harrisburg High. So right. I'm a cougar all day, hey. class of 2003. <laughs> all yes, right, all, right. all day long. Yes. All right. So then um, getting getting into the meat and potatoes <laughs> of, of, of this and not uh, holding back any longer. Um, as, as our newsmaker, uh, can you briefly introduce yourself and um, tell us about your role in current events? So, 
I have been with the Pennsylvania House of Representatives for about 14 and a half years. Wow. I started out as an intern, crazy enough, for the PLBC (laughs) (laughs) when it was under the leadership of former representative Mr. Ron Waters. Mm. Um, He gave me my foundation when it came to government and politics, Mm. and he really got me involved with the criminal justice uh, reform because he was very he was a champion for that. So uh, as a college freshman, that was my internship. That was my introduction. Once I graduated, um, I was in healthcare. I worked with those with intellectual disabilities. Mm. Um, I traveled to respite homes, you know, just helping mm. them become better in their everyday lives. Yeah. Well, I didn't like doing that because everybody had a plan for someone else. Ooh. And when it came down to trying to implement Uh, ways that they could grow and pathways that they could expand themselves, sometimes it was a challenge. Mm. And I found out that it was because of how the state was mandating, regulating, or requiring, you know, the companies to do certain things and certain standards. I recognized that it wasn't the company that I needed to have this conversation with. It was the lawmakers. So I decided that I I wanted to be in that space where Mm -hmm. I could create change. And that's where writing the legislation came in. I was like, that is my goal. If I don't get anywhere else, I want to be able to write the legislation to create that change. And I have been doing that ever since. And I'm grateful. Well, that uh, and you talked about this off air about, well, my my answers may answer other questions. (laughs) And that's exactly what it did, because I I had a follow up question here. Like, all right. So why the House of Representatives? You know, you you uh, um, made this transition from from health care. What was it uh, about the uh, House of Representatives? And you said that you wanted to. Make, make some real change. Absolutely. It, it was about the laws. Once we understand how politics works and how much we as the people actually have a voice, yeah. because without the vote, without the people, the members don't have, they, all they're left to is their own cognizance. But it's up to the people to kind of help navigate mm-hmm. members through what it is that they need for their communities to thrive Mm. and what it is that they are having challenges with so that our leaders can have some pushback when it comes to whoever it is that's making these types of decisions. You know, but they have to be involved in that communication. And one of the biggest, biggest passions for myself when I became the executive director for the um, Pennsylvania Legislative Black Caucus, it was to become a bridge between the local government and state government, as well as the federal government and the state government. And I know that a lot of people want to know, well, how is it that, you know, things can happen sometimes very slowly in the political process? And Mm. that's where my that's a part of my duties is to educate our communities and to create resource um, straight um, resource stream ways Mm -hmm. for them to be able to get the things that they need so that they can thrive in their own dreams. Oh, I love that. So um, prior to your current role right now, uh, what did you do prior prior to this? Because it seems like each each role kind of builds up, uh, upon itself. So well, what did you do prior to this? Shout out to the Democratic Caucus of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives hey. because I always attribute them to grooming me for this position. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because you are absolutely right. Every single step that I took 
in order to get to this particular position, it was based off of the needs of what the caucus needed from me. And mm. I love the fact that they, you know, gave me that opportunity to learn how to get through each and every position. And that's because if unless you unless you really understand how things work, mm -hmm. it's very difficult sometimes to come into a new position or a new job and then try to jump right in. Sometimes right. you're thrown into a snake pit and you really don't know. So I was very blessed in order to be able to go through each step. So in my research analyst roles, one of my main goals was to be a bridge and a communicator with the stakeholders and their needs and then the members of that particular committee. Mm -hmm. So when I worked with the finance committee, a lot of the things that we worked on, state procurement being one of them, mm -hmm. is I would deal with DGS, the Department of General Services, but I would also deal with the organizations, the grassroots, the contractors. Yeah. We went and had numerous hearings across the Commonwealth in order to find out what those needs were for state procurement to become more equitable for black and brown. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make sure that we heard those voices. So it was my job to go out and listen. It was my job to go out and find out what it is that they needed and then come back and say, okay, where is where can we make the change mm -hmm. in the law in the current law or do we need to scrap it and just write a whole new one? And and then it was my job to also then take those take those needs and put it into legislation that members would want to vote for. And that was a challenge within itself, too, because you had to make sure that you served everyone, but making sure that you still stayed true to your intention of why you're writing the bill. Mm. Mm. All right. All right. So then some of your responsibilities today, then in your current role, what does that look like? They kind of mesh well. They kind of mesh in together this time. Um, it's a little bit more of I, I get to directly work one on one with the members mm. as opposed to me taking it to the chair and them just being the only person. I, I now have an opportunity to be a voice for those that don't have a voice, yeah. you know, for those that there, there's some things that the members don't always know because they're on, they're in their district. Mm -hmm. But it's my job to know about what's going on across the Commonwealth. Yeah. So I have to be involved in, you know, the Allegheny area and what's going on with them, as well as the Scranton area or the Philadelphia area. Mm. I'm not just um, I'm not just in Harrisburg. Right. So and I have to inform them, you know, so we have monthly meetings. I go to the members. I book one on one meetings with them. I even call them, mm -hmm. you know, so that I can inform them about what's going on keeping them up to date and even again writing that legislation tossing them those ideas that I may have seen in the news or whatever needs they may have for us mm -hmm. you know we also assist them with that as well how is it we're working with your uh, state representatives because I'm I can assume that there are some big personalities <laughs> <laughs> that you have to deal with um, and and if uh, if you could compare um, um, your first six months, Versus now, uh, what kind of challenges did you face and what, what kind of challenges are you facing now, if any? I had to get over I had to get over the title. Right. Mm. One of the biggest things is that we have to remember that, yes, they are our leaders. Yes, we respect them 100 percent. However, they're also people. Yeah. Just like, you know, um, 
one of the initiatives that we put on a few months ago back in June during the budget was a mental health awareness day mm. for the members specifically. Oh. And it was because we had multiple members pass out on the House floor. We, yeah, wow. we had, you know, the, and, and some of our members were going through things personally mm. that, of course, you know, the 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 residents may not know about. Right. But these were just things that they may have been dealing with. Mm. And it's like just as much as we want them to always be on go and always be ready to fight on that fighting line, mm -hmm. we also have to remember that they're people. Right. So that was my biggest hurdle. You know, my biggest challenge was, girl, put let let the title down, mm -hmm. you know, and just talk to them. Yeah. And once I really slowed that part down, it's like now, uh, look, you just call, you know, you just email, you let them know what you need mm -hmm. and they're there to support you. Yeah. You know, they they enjoy that. So mm -hmm. So was there like um like a, a a learning process with that like did did you go from saying uh rep Harris rep Harris to Jordan No oh, okay. absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not The only time that you address and if it like for me I'm so old school like I'm mm -hmm. very tradition so yeah. you could tell me to call you Jordan <laughs> you could tell me to call you Donna I'm always going to address you as chair. Yeah. That's who you are. You know, mm. I respect your title. I respect. Now, if we have a rapport, we're behind the clothes, you know, yeah. behind the scenes. But you'll never see me out in public with the with the members mm. and you hear me call them by their first name. Right. I'm just traditional. I'm sorry. That's just how I roll. Oh, I can dig it. I can dig <laughs> it. So then so then we'll never hear you say like, hey, yo, Morgan. Let me tell you something. <laughs> so quick story. Mm hmm. When I was, I had to have been in year two or three, mm -hmm. right? And I was working with a member, and they had a after work, just like a reception. Mm -hmm. We were at Rookies on the top floor. I walked in there. Now, mind you, I told you, you know, one of the biggest things is you got to get past that whole title thing. Yeah. The member that I worked for at the time, he was like, he was intimidating. Like, mm -hmm. and he knew it at that time. He, you know, so his presence was huge. Yeah. And as soon as he walked in, you know, he commanded, mm -hmm. you know, your respect. Yeah. So he brought over one of the chairmen of the appropriations at that time. Oh, man. And I had always heard him call this man by his first name, first name, first name, <laughs> right? So as soon as I meet this man, I'm mm. excited to meet him. Yeah. And the moment I say hello, under my breath, I said his first name and he mm. heard me. Mm. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Like some cultures are okay with you calling yeah. them now y'all know black folk yeah, right. we are not that <laughs> come on y'all we are not that laxadaisy right. on our morals and standards right. you know that we forgot you know our tradition and values so when he so everybody just kind of looked at me and I was just like <laughs> I put my head down I was like Mr. Chairman <laughs> it was cool he was cool about it but yeah. oh man that had to be a moment <laughs> right. where you like felt all warm inside <laughs> like, all this you could see was red you see I'm light skin so all this was red <laughs> Ever since the, it was like I learned my lesson then. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's great that he took it uh, lightly and he didn't did. take didn't take it too seriously. He did. He was awesome about it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so then, um, so then, as 
as a newsmaker, uh, you interact with various communities. Uh, so how important is it for you uh, to stay connected with with people you represent? Uh, because you are that voice, you are that, that conduit uh, between us and the members. It is, it's invaluable. Mm. Like, it's, it's priceless for me to understand the needs of the communities that this caucus serves, mm. that I have an opportunity to serve. And um, one way that we are able to bring that coalition together is each year, and we started this last year, so this is the second year that we have done this, is we had our K. Leroy Irvis Day of Action mm. back in May. It was May 23rd. And that is a day where we honor the speaker, the first black speaker yeah. of the House of Representatives, you know, Speaker Kaylee Roy Irvis. And that me it, it meant the world to me to put that together because it kind of integrated all the issues that black and brown communities are dealing with. Mm. Health, education, we dealt with cannabis, whether it was state procurement, and then we also did, oh, Laborers, mm. a black woman's experience. And each of those panels and the people that we brought on those panels, it was important for me to listen to what it is that they had to say. And yeah. everyone from all over the Commonwealth came to the Capitol for that. That's dope. That You know what I'm saying? Like that, that gave me such a sense of black pride, yeah. you know, to see us there because... Our thing, especially for the chairwoman, like that has been her, you know, that's a vision for her mm -hmm. to see as many black and brown as we can in that capital. Yeah. And when we're able to bring that together in a collective manner where we have one set goal mm. and it's a collective goal and we're moving that needle as far as we can. Yeah. Like I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you served your purpose in that. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And and that that is probably a lot safer than those gun nuts uh, <laughs> walking around the Capitol, you know. But Absolutely. We'll save that conversation for another day. Listen, you know gun <laughs> violence is always going to be something that we're going to talk about, yeah. you know. And, and that is a huge conversation that the Black Caucus is having. We have mm -hmm. also um, coordinated and partnered with the Second Amendment Caucus mm. in order to have those conversations as well as the Black Owner, um, the Black Gun Owners Associations. We've had conversations with them. So so, and, and the NRA. So those are conversations we're going to continue to push forth. Uh, Representative Parker had her bill passed out of the Judiciary Committee that would require safety lock storage lock box mm. boxes for guns. And folks are like, wait a minute. I thought that that was already a requirement that you're supposed to keep your gun in a lock box. I thought right? so, too. And here we are. And it's not. I was today years old. Okay. Wow. So with that, it just lets you know that, yes, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. Right. So this, the struggle don't stop and the fight don't stop. So then um, um, let me just piggyback off of that. So so then um, caucuses can collaborate then? Absolutely they can. Oh, yes. So, so how often does that happen? Does it happen a lot or is it kind of a anomaly? Um, as much as possible. Oh. So like the policy committee, the policy committee does an excellent job of working with different um, caucuses as well as committees to ensure that they're getting the hearings that they need across the Commonwealth. They um, kind of facilitate that 
uh, location, you know, logistics of that sort, as well as bringing in speakers if need be so that the people get heard and the members are there as well. So collaboration is a big thing, especially with our caucus. It's huge. Oh, all right. So then um, switching gears here, uh, everyone just want to let you know that you are listening to The Melanin Report with Marquise Lupton. And with us, we have April Ash, who is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Legislative Black Caucus. So um, let's make a, a, a transition here and and discuss the black vote. Uh, so uh, how how important uh, is this mythical character, this mis- mythical being that we call the black vote. Now we know it ain't mythical. <laughs> <laughs> we just gonna keep it transparent yeah. around here. It is not a myth. It mm. is so vital. The black vote has determined elections. Yeah, it had from presidential all the way down to local. Mm. And I mean, we have seen um, even in our local uh, government where. On the city level, you know, the people had to step in for the for that candidate and had to speak up and show their support. That type of advocacy is the type of advocacy we need in every single election, whether it is down from the school board. I don't care if it's the water sewage people. (laughs) I don't care if it's the liquor control board. Like if they if you have a voice to be able to have a vote or a say in that decision, it is imperative, especially for black and brown to come out and vote. Think about it in Dauphin County. I'm, it's it's just the, the truth. We need to do better with our turnouts in elections mm. and with us having a very hefty number when it comes to our population in Harrisburg. Yes, it is vital mm-hmm. that we collectively come together as a unit, rally behind just like they did on the on the city level. We yeah. need to do that in every single and shout out to those that were out there. You know what I'm saying? Like shout out to those that were on the front line rallying and, and voicing their opinions about that because people listened. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. The voices of the people are the ones that nudge the mm. makers because without your vote, they don't have a job. Oh, Say that. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, for my folk, without your vote, they do not have a job. Mm. I hope you all hear that loud and clear (laughs) because there's a lot more power in your vote than you may uh, may understand. So. um, So I've heard rumors. This is a this is a side note here. Um, I've heard rumors that um, Harrisburg haven't fact checked it. Uh, Harrisburg is like 52, 53 percent black. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. That's why I'm saying this. Wow. You know, that is why I'm saying you, we only have, what, 50,000 people? Yeah. We have a 50,000 population in Harrisburg itself. And with us having that much of a vote, I think it wasn't even 10 percent oh, that man. showed out in the last election. Yeah. So we have a unique. We were created for such a time as this. Hey. OK. Say that. Yeah. We were created for such a time as this. And in this imperative time period, in this season Mm -hmm. of black and brown's society and our culture, we set the tone. Yeah. I mean, look at your girl, Beyonce, whether you like her or not. They are calling it the economic Beyonce bump. She brought them people out. Okay, to her. So and she'll let you know straight up she black. 
Yeah. You know whether you just it is what it is. So if she can do that, right? I wonder what we can do in numbers. That part. That part. So then, how 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 can um you how can the caucus how can um we uh be begin to empower those that haven't come out to vote or feel as though that their voices aren't being heard through the voting process? You know, um, I am going on my second year in this position, and it's important for me. I, I challenge myself to start to partner with the grassroots organizations, which mm. I've partnered with YPOC, Young Professionals of Color in Greater Harrisburg. Yeah. I have um, also worked with the Boys and Girls Club of Harrisburg, mm. I mean, of America, excuse me, the Harrisburg branch, um, as well as a few other school districts um, in Harrisburg, as well as in Philadelphia and Allegheny County, NAACP, in order to educate. Yeah. The biggest thing thing for folks to do and to understand is that it we have to educate ourselves. We have to do our research and as the caucus, it is our responsibility to educate our folks, you know, on how powerful their voice is, yeah. what the issues are, what's coming down the pike. Mm. The PLBC does put out a uh, newsletter every two weeks for our community. You can log right on to our Facebook and just type in your email address into our messenger. We'll get that and we'll add you to our list. Um, you can also email me at aash at pahouse.net and I will put you onto our stakeholders list. Mm. And that way you can know, you can get step-by-step on the session days, um, what they're voting on in committees, you know, some of the events and different town wow. hall meetings that may be happening in your area. And then you also have a link where you can go in and if you have an organization or you have an idea that you would like us to either promote or have a conversation with, we have a link where if you if you even want to put on a workshop, oh, wow. you know, you we will partner with you in order to do so. Oh, man. Well, uh, where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. Where do I sign? Uh, because I, I'm definitely going to uh, going to check that out. And and folks, you at home, uh, I encourage you to do the same as well. Um, I like to tell people, get active, get involved. And that is definitely uh, one of many ways that, that you can. Uh, so we have about two minutes here left, uh, and you're so much more than your position, <laughs> uh, and, and I want to get into that. Uh, so so uh, we uh, talked about this briefly um, off air, uh, but you are a yogi as well. I am. So how did you get into being a yogi? Because I'll be very honest, um, I only know uh, well, now I know two. I, I only knew one black woman yogi. Uh, so how did you get involved um, with it? Why did you get involved with it? So I have been, well, one, I have been in dance all my life. Mm. And because of that, that requires me to do a lot of stretching. So just stretching, period. I've been doing that all my life. Yeah. Um, back in 2006, I was diagnosed with sarcoidus, and that's where polyps develop on your lungs, and mucus is then, it kind of fills up, and they become air bubbles. Well, that restricts your, that restricts your lungs, yeah. so I couldn't breathe. It then restricted how I tasted, and I couldn't smell. Oh, man. So 
I tried everything, went to the doctors. You know, they gave me the allergy shot, the whole bit. But it really had to do with my relationship with food. Mm. I had to recognize what I was putting into my body. Well, then I recognized, April, you also sit at a job at a desk for nine hours out of day. You're not getting enough movement and exercise into your life. Yeah. Now, I don't know about everybody else, but I don't like to all, I don't like to like sweat vigorously <laughs> not unless i have to mm-hmm. and i didn't want to i it was like cardio i do enough cardio with the dance so yeah. i wanted something else that would help me to calm my mind because my mind is always racing i'm always mm. thinking of stuff meditation became a vital um exercise for me as well as yoga and i said you know what black folk don't do this enough uh, that is true we don't and, and we think about self-care as if it's taboo as if it is a luxury when in reality it's a lifestyle yeah so i wanted to bring that and i i have partnered with upmc i've partnered with dauphin county parks and rec and as well as um steel school district and susquehanna boys and girls you know just to bring the next generation as well as adults that space of peace and calmness mm. even if it's just for a moment in time because self-care is not vanity it's sanity oh i like that I like that. I like that. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Put that. And I did. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so how can um people learn uh, more uh, about your uh, yoga sessions? Where do you do your yoga sessions? Um, do you have a, a, a website, Facebook page? laid out you can follow me on facebook as well as instagram at unbottled expressions Mm -hmm. with a z and i do host saturday classes at 10 a.m right now we are at the reservoir band shell Mm. and i also do wednesday night classes at 6 p.m and that is with upmc and healthy harrisburg Oh, man. Yes. And if you'd like to, you can reach out to me, April V. Ash, on Facebook, and I will hook you up. You know, we can do a one-on-one session. I do group sessions, corporate sessions, leadership development, and I also make soaps and scrubs. Oh, man. Yeah, we get to this all natural <laughs> round here. Oh, well then, well then, I'm I'm definitely going to uh, get all the above. <laughs> uh, so you at home, uh, join, join with me. Send me an email or something because I'm doing this um, a week after. After this show airs, so uh, it, it is going down basement. I want to uh, uh, say thank you, uh, thank you. To, to, to Ms. April Ash for joining us today. Uh, before I close it out, anything you want to add? Anything I may have missed? No, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. You know, thank you for the space to be able to share, yes. and uh, much success to you, thank you on your future endeavors. I'm so glad to see you know you're doing your thing out here. So much success and thank Pre- you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, that concludes part two of our series this week with our newsmaker interview. I want to thank Ms. April Ash for joining us again on the Melanin Report. Now also, the conversation continues on Friday with part three of this week's series. And as you know, we have our monologue, which is about the history of the black vote this week. And this week, we have Dr. Kamika Campbell and Ms. Anna White, who are local activists in the streets of Harrisburg, coming to our studio, joining us for part three. In the words of the Notorious B.I.G., stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it, and live the phrase, sky's the limit. I'm Marquis Lupton, telling you to trust your dopeness. Now enjoy these sounds from Lancaster City's own Soul Truth.
really love me? Is it conditional or are you really benefiting? Cause you stick around when it's ugly. I'm barely answering my phone cause I feel like every other day they want something from me. And I sacrifice so many meals trying to chase a meal so you know I'm still hungry. Is that the reason why you love me? Why you love me? I swear I feel the karma creeping on me from before. I can't even tell the difference. Is it love or is it war? If I did you wrong, you got every right to up the score. But I'm still a 500. You ain't even on the board. Nightmares of my homies do me dirty. Keep on scaring me. Bring it to reality. I think I might need therapy. Post traumatic stress and learn my lesson. Now I dictate. Cause I gave my last. Making sure my homies kids ate. Taking care of my people. Something I do with a passion. Wear my heart all on my sleeve. Like the latest fashion. Just don't take it lightly. Speak politely when you chatting. Cap for reaction get you turned into a caption let's get down to business now you know i'm about to go to work and i know they gonna berserk i can feel your energy don't want it because my soul is pure yeah i know it hurt because i am king and they hate it that i know my word do you really love me is it conditional or are you really benefiting because you stick around when it's ugly i'm barely answering my phone because i feel like every other day they want something from me and I sacrifice so many meals trying to chase a meal so you know I'm still hungry. Is that the reason why you love me? Why you love me? Wish I'm well, now I'm giving them hell, leaving them sick as hell. Please don't be alarmed, know this routine has been a drill. I know my brother proud I'm leading my community. Keep them in the book so they ain't booked or in a eulogy. Cause now the youngest carry choppers hella out of sea. Fell in every class, but they master trigonometry. End up in the bag, trying to be a G. Follow me, them bucks had him thinking he could be a G. Honestly, when I was hurt, they wasn't around. So I gambled on myself and told the dealer double down. Now they gotta keep it quiet on the set when I'm around. Funny how the black sheep became the goat, they love me now. Please don't play around, I get the tripping over nothing. Like a greyhound on my dog, get the bussin'. Speaking from my soul, if I said it, then I meant it. They be acting sentimental, but they pray I don't get better. Do you really love me? Is it conditional or are you really benefiting? Cause you stick around when it's ugly. I'm barely answering my phone cause I feel like every other day they want something from me. And I sacrifice so many meals trying to chase a meal so you know I'm still hungry. Is that the reason why you love me? Why you love me? Do you really love me? Is it conditional or are you really benefiting? Cause you stick around when it's ugly. I'm barely answering my phone cause I feel like every other day they want something from me And I sacrifice so many meals trying to chase a meal so you know I'm still hungry Is that the reason why you love me? Why you love me?